0: Welcome back, True Crime Army. I am your host, Margot, and this is Military Murder, a show where I focus on crimes committed by military members and veterans. But don't worry, you don't have to know anything about the military to listen, I promise. You just have to be a true crime enthusiast. And if that's you, welcome home. Instead of calling this show Military Murder, I really should have called this show Unusual Suspects, because that's really what I was trying to get at when I came up with the concept of grouping our community together. Once you join the military family, it's really hard to get out. Even once you're out, you tend to lean towards and feel closer to veterans or other military families. Well, today's case involves a retiree who people thought could never hurt a fly. But investigators learned he was capable of murder. And since it's the month of love, I wanted to bring you a case about obsession that went too far. This is an ongoing case, so my usual disclaimer. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Join me today as I tell you the story of the disappearance of Carrie Allen out of Omaha, Nebraska. Now, let's dig in. Military murder is an independent project and is not endorsed by the Department of Defense or any military component. The views expressed are those of the host. The content of this podcast is not meant to be legal or medical advice. Warning, this episode contains graphic details of murder. And is not suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised. 43 year old Carrie Allen was a humble Spitfire who brought laughter and humility to any situation. All of her friends and family called her the ultimate hype girl always making sure that everyone was cared for, offering wise words of guidance and just an overall good human. She was the type that lived her life for others. She graduated from Buena Vista University with a degree in human services and then worked for a company called Vodec, a nonprofit organization, and she worked there for 14 years. Vodek is a company that provides services for people with disabilities, including offering day programs, employment training and residential options. During her tenure with the company, Carrie didn't want to stop learning and growing, and she went on to earn her MBA. So it is evident that Carrie was a woman on a mission to not only provide for her child, but to help others in need. By late 2022, Carrie had just gotten out of a one-year relationship. She was a single mom, but the weekend before Thanksgiving, her son was spending time at her father's house, so Carrie decided to go on a date. Her car was in the shop, so according to the Journal Star, Carrie drove her son's 2010 Ford Fusion to the bar to meet her date. Carrie was living in Omaha, Nebraska. She met up with her date at the Good Life Bar near 180th and Pacific Streets. The day appeared to go well. Carrie told a friend later that the date was fine and they had no issues. Carrie left the Good Life Bar at around 1130 p.m. Carrie had to work the following day, so that's probably why she called it an early night. Although, honestly, 1130 p.m. is pretty late from my own standards now. Carrie's date walked her to her car and they parted ways. At around midnight, the man who she went on a date with texted Carrie to let her know he arrived home safely. Carrie responded, telling him thank you for the food and drinks. An hour later, the man texted Carrie again, but this time she didn't respond. He may have assumed since it was close to one o'clock in the morning that maybe she fell asleep already. All appeared fine. But the thing was, it wasn't fine. The next day, after failing to report for work as an in-home caregiver, Carrie's son and ex-husband attempted to make contact with Carrie, but to no avail. By 6.15 p.m. on the evening of November 20, 2022, Carrie's son and her ex-husband reported Carrie missing. Authorities immediately started the missing person search for Carrie. When they went to her house, they noted that Carrie's son's car was still in the garage. But when they looked inside the vehicle, the trunk's liner was missing. Also, a few of the walls in the house appeared to have been patched up because the patch jobs hadn't been painted over so they were clearly obvious to the officers. Police at this point were very concerned. They learned more about Carrie and through her friends and family, they learned that just two weeks prior to her disappearance, Carrie had ended a year-long relationship with an army retiree by the name of Aldrich Scott. In speaking to one of Carrie's friends, they learned that the night of the date Carrie confided in her friend that Aldrich kept texting her non-stop during her date. Carrie was so annoyed at one point that she planned on shutting her phone off to make the harassment stop. When authorities pinged Carrie's phone, they noted that the last time it pinged was off a cell tower near 156th Street and West Cape Road. And that ping was at about 2.30 a.m. But they noted that soon after that, Carrie's phone was turned off. Investigators were clearly interested in talking to 47-year-old Aldrich Scott. He lived in Kansas, about a three-hour drive from Carrie's house. So it was possible he had a solid alibi. But, you know, you can never be too sure. When investigators reached out to Aldrich, he told investigators that he and Carrie were still dating and had recently celebrated their one-year anniversary. Now, this came as an immediate red flag and as a shock to the police, since all of Carrie's family had told detectives that they were broken up and that recently, Aldrich had seemed to show up to where Carrie was unannounced. Aldrich did admit that he felt that Carrie was cheating on him and may have gone on a date the night she went missing. He then sent the detectives screenshots of text messages that he and Carrie had exchanged the evening of November 19th. The text messages were sent as late as 11.35 p.m., a little after Carrie left the bar. When authorities pinged Aldrich's phone on the night of Carrie's disappearance, Guess what? It pinged in Omaha, Nebraska, exactly where Carrie lived. In fact, the phone records showed that Aldrich was in the vicinity of the Good Life bar where Carrie had been enjoying her date that evening. Except Aldrich left the bar area an hour prior to Carrie leaving the bar. Then, when authorities canvassed Carrie's neighborhood, they found surveillance video that showed Aldrich driving in Carrie's neighborhood and then walking towards her house. Surveillance video also showed Carrie arriving to her house that evening, but you know what it didn't show? It never showed Carrie leaving her house, although it did show Carrie's son's car leaving the garage at roughly 2.48 a.m. and then returning at about 3.04 a.m. Twenty minutes or so later, a man was seen running from Carrie's house towards the location where Aldrich's car had been parked. Authorities immediately wanted to do a face-to-face with Aldrich in his home in Topeka, Kansas. And while the investigators were on their way, a call came into Topeka's 911 call center. It was someone who was claiming that Aldrich Scott told them he killed his girlfriend. It was later determined that the 911 caller was a deputy who got the information from his friend, named only as Angie from Texas, who got a call directly from Aldrich Scott. As reported by KETV, Aldrich Scott called Angie, one of his old military buddies, and he told her that he had gotten into an argument with Carrie Allen. They were throwing things and now Carrie was dead. At some point, the call ended, so Angie called her cop buddy and had him on three-way when Aldrich returned the call. During that call, Aldrich was trying to get Angie to set him up with someone in the country of Colombia because he was skipping town. It was that deputy who then called it in to 911. At some point, authorities had information that Aldrich Scott had purchased a ticket from LAX to Fiji. So, authorities set up at LAX waiting to arrest Aldrich. But he never showed up. Instead, they learned that when Aldrich contacted his veteran buddy Angie, he was already out of the country in a hotel in Cancun, Mexico. Flight records would later reveal that Aldrich flew from Houston, Texas, to Cancun on November 21st, the day after Carrie had been reported missing. Authorities then found Aldrich's 2018 Chevrolet Equinox at the Kansas City International Airport. Inside the Equinox, authorities found a 9mm semi-automatic handgun loaded with bullets. The gun was actually located in a handgun case hidden inside the spare tire compartment. In the car, they also found gloves, a crowbar, and a sledgehammer. One of the things they noted when they found Aldrich's car was that it was equipped with OnStar. OnStar is a product installed in some cars that acts like a computer. It can provide you with navigation, roadside assistance, emergency services. In fact, I once owned a vehicle with OnStar, and one of the benefits that I recall it having was that if you were ever in an accident, An operator would connect to inside your vehicle and assist with voice commands while emergency services arrived. Another thing that OnStar does is that it tracks the movement of your car, even if it's not turned on. So it knows where you drove, even without turning on navigation. While authorities waited to get information from Aldrich's OnStar account, authorities searched the area surrounding Carrie's house, thinking that if she was abducted and killed, her body could have been buried near her house. But days and days went by, and they didn't find Carrie. Meanwhile, authorities had spent 11 hours executing a search warrant on Aldrich's house in Kansas. And then, in early December 2022, after an arrest warrant had been issued for Aldrich's arrest, the charge was initially kidnapping, the tip line got a call from someone in Belize. They had been unknowingly harboring Aldrich Scott. The caller was a Belize local by the name of Shelton. Aldrich had been hiding out with him on an island in Belize. Shelton said that he met Aldrich and allowed him to stay at his home for about four days, feeding him and giving the man clothes. Aldrich told Shelton that his name was Nelson. Shelton must have felt something was off because he went online to look up Nelson's information. And that's when he realized that Nelson was really 47-year-old Aldrich Scott who was wanted in the U.S., in connection with a woman's disappearance. I read in one small news article that Shelton did confront Aldrich about what he found and that Aldrich confessed to the man and then asked him to turn him in. But I don't know the accuracy of that, as I saw another news report where Shelton said that he felt he should be compensated for turning this guy in. I did learn, however, that on December 6, Aldrich was arrested in Belize. He was then extradited back to the U.S., Through this investigation, authorities learned that while Aldrich Scott was in Belize, he had looked up information about Carrie Allen's investigation and had even Googled himself to see where they were at in the investigation. In addition to these searches, he looked up extradition laws in Belize. I mean, that's pretty shady if you ask me, but, you know, innocent until proven guilty. By this point, Carrie Allen was still a missing person. Hi, everyone. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4 a.m. workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4 a.m. and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru, Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now, and in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer, and she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy, and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which, listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com. And enter my code Mama Margo at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your cart and use my code Mama Margo. that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T for 15% off. Enjoy. And when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. Haley Gray helped me with my research into this guy, and we had been looking at this case when it was unfolding back in 2022. And thankfully, Haley found a blog by none other than Aldrich Scott himself. The blog has officially been taken down as of 2024, but this is the information we gathered from it about Aldrich Scott back in the day. Sharing it here because, of course, as a military retiree, he used his blog to brag about his time in the military. Aldrich Scott was born in January of 1975 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. After graduating from high school in 1993, he immediately joined the Marine Corps. He served in the Marines for approximately 11 years as an embarkation specialist and then as a platoon sergeant for 30 Devil Dogs. In 2003, Aldrich served a tour in Iraq. In June of 2015, Aldrich transferred from the Marine Corps into the Army where he began serving as a water purification specialist. By the way, his blog posts never indicated why he transferred or if there was a break in service, but he just says that he served in both the Marine Corps and the Army. As Aldrich indicated on his blog, as a water purification specialist, he was responsible for transporting and decontaminating water from all different sources in order to make the water potable. His personal achievements, according to him, were receiving an air assault badge while stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, leading the air assault prep course for the 526 BSB 2nd BDE 101st Airborne Division. In that position, Aldrich prepped 300 soldiers for their upcoming air assault slots. I mean, his website basically reads like a citation. Aldrich deployed to Iraq six times. He received the combat action badge during his first deployment. At some point, Aldrich was stationed at Fort Riley in Kansas, and there he received his Level 3 certification for modern Army combatives. He became the battalion's combative instructor and was even the SHARP representative. Now SHARP stands for Sexual Assault and Rape Prevention Rep, and he was the SHARP rep for the 101st BSB. After completing 20 years of active military service combined Marine and Army time, Aldrich retired from the military. He settled in Topeka, Kansas, where he started working as a graphic designer. Eventually, he obtained a Bachelor of Fine Arts and graduated with honors from Washburn University in Kansas. As for extracurriculars, Aldrich practiced Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Don't DM me if I said that wrong. Aldrich Scott was a father of four kids. He had two kids with his ex-wife, who I will call T. They had been together for a decade, but eventually divorced. T. told WOWT that on paper, Aldrich looked like an amazing guy, retired military, family man, charismatic. But according to her, behind closed doors, he was a completely different person and always wanted, needed to be in control. In addition to control, T. shared that Aldrich was emotionally and physically abusive. In fact, in 2016, he had been charged with misdemeanor battery against his wife But when she filed for a protective order, the judge denied it. In 2019, the misdemeanor battery charge was dismissed after Aldrich went through with a diversion program. And the thing about Aldrich was that he didn't keep his demons under wraps. One of his old military buddies told Three News Now that Aldrich was very professional, very nice guy, always cracking jokes. But when it came to his wife, he was deceptive and showed explosive anger turning to physical violence at the drop of a hat. After Aldrich's arrest, T, Aldrich's ex-wife, told WOWT, quote, My daughter has been to Carrie Allen's house a couple of times. She actually said Carrie was really into Aldrich. They were in love, but Aldrich thought she was cheating. She had a date that night with someone else. I wish he would say what happened to her. He's going to be as contrary as possible, end quote. But while Carrie's body had not yet been found, a month after she went missing, her body was found. While looking at Aldrich Scott's OnStar information, they were able to track Aldrich Scott's drive on the night Carrie went missing. And what investigators decided to do was hone in on any areas from Carrie's house to Aldrich's house where he may have stopped for longer than just a few minutes. And sure enough, on the drive from Nebraska to Kansas, there was one spot in particular along Highway 75 where Aldrich stopped for over an hour. And on December 21st, 2022, investigators found Carrie's body near Highway 75 and 57th Street in Topeka. Her body had been buried near the only farm property with a barn and a house. The location was right off of the highway. The farmhouse was surrounded by industrial buildings. But for the on-star evidence, they may very well have never found Carrie's body. After Carrie's body was discovered, Scott was charged with first-degree murder, use of a firearm to commit a felony, and tampering with physical evidence. An autopsy of Carrie's body would reveal she was shot in the chest. From my research, the state's case against Aldrich is as follows. They believe that Aldrich Scott couldn't get over Carrie Allen, especially since he thought she had been cheating on him. Two weeks after the breakup, Aldrich stalked Carrie while she was on her date. And then an hour before she left the bar, he drove to her house and entered the home. Now, this is scary because remember, Carrie had told her friend that he had been texting her nonstop. So it appears that he was watching her while she was checking the text messages. So you have to wonder, like, did the date notice that she had been checking on her phone messages? And also, was Aldrich even more upset that he wasn't getting a bigger rise out of the text messages that were being exchanged? And those text messages have never been revealed. Also, I should note that missing from Carrie's house was her cell phone and a computer. But more on this later. So at this point, Aldrich had been lying in wait at Carrie's home. Once Carrie arrived home, Aldrick is believed to have ambushed Carrie, shooting her in the chest, the bullet going through two walls. And this occurred on the second floor of her house. Aldrich then bandaged up the bullet hole, not to save Carrie's life, but to prevent her from bleeding all over the place. He then took her to the first floor where he placed her in the trunk of her son's car, which was in the garage. He then drove from the house to his parked car nearby. Then, Aldrich transferred Carrie's body from her son's car to his car, taking the trunk liner with him. After the transfer, Aldrich returned to the house to return the vehicle. It's unclear at what point, but Aldrich also appeared to have patched the bullet holes that went through the wall. And he probably did it at this point because he spent about 20 minutes in the house. Now, the whole patch job was shoddy, but I guess a bullet hole would be more suspicious than a shoddy patch job. That's probably what Aldrich was thinking. From there, Aldrich is seen on surveillance video sprinting from Carrie's house to his car. From Carrie's house, it is presumed that Aldrich took her cell phone and computer as well as a shovel that was in the garage. On the drive, Aldrich disposed of something in a dumpster. Then he drove to the dumping location where he dug a shallow grave and dumped Carrie's body. From there, he returned to his house where he booked his Fiji flight, but then booked another flight to Mexico. It's unclear if he did it this way to throw off investigators. The thing is that Aldrich was on his way out of the country by the time authorities came looking for him. Aldrich first arrived in Mexico, and it's unclear by what means he may have made his way to Belize. But that's where he was when he began to crash with Shelton. And Shelton even gave him a job working at his barbecue joint. So Aldrich... Already had a job, already had a place to stay, had people feeding him and clothing him. So he definitely had planned to be gone for a long time. There hadn't been much of any movement with Aldrich's case in 2023. And then in early 2024, I found an update. On Thursday, January 11th, 2024, Aldrich and his attorney were back in court for an appearance where Aldrich's attorney argued to exclude evidence in the trial. His attorney specifically claimed that Aldrich's arrest in Belize was unlawful and the evidence obtained after his arrest should be thrown out. Specifically, he claimed that after his detainment in Belize, there should have been a court hearing instead of a direct extradition. WOWT reported that in response, the Douglas County attorney Don Klein argued that the arrest was not unlawful because Belize was kicking Aldrich out of the country because he had snuck in. The attorneys were scheduled to file the response briefs. And as of this recording, I didn't find the judge's ruling online. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you want to hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in the detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Go ahead, download June's Journey today. While getting ready to end this episode or at least wrap it up for now, I came across Carrie's online obituary and I wanted to read it to you in its entirety because it just goes to show that her life was tragically cut short due to a selfish man, allegedly, that likely felt that if he couldn't have her, no one could. But despite all of this, Carrie's memory lives on, especially through her son. The obituary reads, quote, Carrie Ann Allen Kesterson, a devoted mother and caregiver, was killed on November 19, 2022, at the age of 43 in Omaha. Carrie is survived by her parents, her son, Brennan Allen, sister, Amy Kesterson Ladwig, and many nieces and nephews, aunts, and uncles. She is predeceased by her maternal grandparents, Burl and Phyllis Elliott, and paternal grandparents, Floyd and Connie Kesterson. Carrie was born in Cherokee, Iowa, on February 27th, 1979, to Ronald and Julie Kesterson. She graduated from Denison High School in 1997. After graduating high school, Carrie earned her associate's degree from Iowa Western Community College in 1999, and then her bachelor's degree in psychology and human services from Buena Vista University in 2001. During college, Carrie started working at REM Iowa, where she would find her calling in life to serve individuals with special needs who were unable to care for and advocate for themselves. In 2003, Carrie, while working for Vodick, helped open and run the ELM program for 11 years. Always wanting to challenge herself, Carrie enrolled at the University of Phoenix and obtained her MBA in 2012. Carrie continued to care for those with special needs by serving as an extended family home provider for individuals up until her death. Carrie was united in marriage to Brett Allen in Omaha, Nebraska on July 24, 2004. On July 10th, 2007, Carrie gave birth to her son Brennan Allen. Carrie's entire world revolved around her son. There was nothing more she enjoyed doing in life than spending time with Brennan. Carrie would never miss an event or activity that Brennan was in. Always a planner, she would look at her schedule months in advance to make sure that she could rearrange anything that would be preventing her from being there for Brennan. Without a doubt, though, her favorite times were the vacations that she was able to take with Brennan. Whether it was ziplining in Costa Rica, driving ATVs in the Dominican Republic, or hand-feeding alligators in Florida, Carrie loved each and every moment with her son. End quote. All right, everyone. I had been thinking about Carrie Allen for a very long time, especially since she had been missing and then when she was found a month later. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to cover the case last year, but I wanted to bring it to you now because I think it's interesting that this case is not really aired or you don't really hear too much information about this. And also it's not every day that you hear about a military retiree committing such a heinous crime. All right, everyone, be sure to follow my social media accounts where I will keep you updated on Aldrich Scott's trial. As of right now, I have not seen a date, but I am sure it is coming very soon. You can follow me on Instagram at Military Murder Podcast and on TikTok at Military margot with a T at the end. This episode was researched in part by Haley Gray. My sources for today's episode included articles from WIBW, Omaha.com, 1011now.com, Aldrichscott.com, KTIV, KETV, 3 NewsNow, GoFundMe, Journal Star, and an obituary I found on hefiehefie.com. Military Murder is a Mama Margot production. This episode was executive produced by Myrtle, Jen, Tina, Falcon 13, and Nicole. Our newest Patreon assistant producers are Jacqueline and Amber. If you want to become a Patreon producer today, please visit patreon.com slash military murder. The music was created by Tyops. Until next time, remember, you never really know what someone is capable of. So remain vigilant always. You have a fabulous week and I'll keep digging to bring you another military murder story next week <laughs> I was working on her podcast. I don't want to.